daddy want a radio He tuned it to a country show I was rocking in the cradle To the crying of a steel guitar Mama used to sing to me She taught me that sweet harmony Now she worries cause she never thought I'd ever really take it this far Singing in the bars and chasing that neon rainbow Living that honky-tonk dream Cause all I've ever wanted Is to pick his guitar and sing Just trying to be somebody Just want to be heard and sing I'm chasing that neon rainbow Living that honky-tonk dream Thanks for tuning into the Song Lines and Tan Lines podcast with Anthony Renfro. Those returning, thank you. Those new to this podcast, welcome. Now let's pull up the anchor and set sail. I stumbled onto an article written by Aaron Ryan a bit ago titled CMA Awards 2016 Alan Jackson Walks Out in the Middle of a Performance by Beyonce. And immediately, I thought it might be time to dive into a little Alan Jackson on the podcast. I read through the article, thinking at the time it was something that had happened recently, but it never dawned on me, even though 2016 is in the title, that this incident happened nearly six years ago at the time of this writing, which is 2022. That shows you how far out of the loop I've been when it comes to country music. It's just not the country I like to listen to anymore. Sure, there are some artists that are still flying the traditional country flag, like Chris Stapleton, Eric Church. He's more outlaw country, but he does have some solid country songs, and John Pardee, to name a few. But I realize I am not blind to this fact that the country music industry isn't trying to appeal to a 50-year-old man. They want young blood blood that will grow the genre into the future. And I get that. But I just fear that trying to stay youthful might hurt the country music industry in the end. But who knows? Maybe it won't. Maybe it will thrive even more. And maybe I'm just a grumpy old man standing on my porch screaming at the young ones to keep it down. I guess only time will tell. I watched that performance with Beyonce and the Chicks and it's really good. No issues with it at all. I actually really liked it and would listen to it again multiple times, but it didn't belong on the CMAs. That performance seemed better suited for a Grammy-style show where all genres of music are represented. Now, let's rock the jukebox, see what I did there, clever, 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 and tune into some tunes. I thought since the article was about Alan, mostly, that I would play some of his music on the episode. I didn't want to dive into a specific album, so I thought diving into his 34 number ones album was a better choice to focus on. I opened the episode with the song Chasing That Neon Rainbow. Great tune. Always enjoyed it. Helped to make me a fan of Alan's music back in the day. And that song has been played live 102 times in concert. First time in 1991, around the time I saw him in concert, and last played in 2022. And I always have to put an asterisk by the country stats on Setlist FM. 
I don't think the stats for those artists is as accurate as it is for other artists on that site. And if you want a little more detail on Chasing That Neon Rainbow, here's some more about it from Wikipedia. Chasing That Neon Rainbow is a song written by Alan Jackson and Jim McBride and recorded by Jackson. It was released in September 1990 as the fourth single from Jackson's first album, Here in the Real World. Jackson recounts the song's origins in the album, Notes. Jackson says, Jim McBride and I were writing together for the first time. We were talking about my life in Georgia and the experience of playing the honky-tonk circuit. I remembered a radio that my daddy won when I was a young child and how my mama used to sing to my sisters and me. I also remembered how my mama hated for me to play in the bars. All those things set the story in motion, and within a few sessions, my life chasing that neon rainbow was set to music. That's nice to learn. I always enjoy learning little tidbits like that. Let's now dive into the second song I want to feature called Midnight in Montgomery, a song played live 22 times in concert, first time in 1992, and last time played live in 2021. Midnight in Montgomery, silver evening, lonely road. Was on my way to Mobile for a big New Year's Eve show. Stop for just a minute, see a friend outside of town. Put my collar up, I found his name. Felt the wind died down in a drunk man. Took me by surprise Wearing shiny boots A nudie suit And haunted, haunted eyes He said, friend, it's good to see you It's nice to know you care Then the wind picked up He was gone Was he ever really there? Cause it's midnight In Montgomery Always loved that one. So spooky, so eerie, so creepy. You can almost see the ghost of Hank. Smell the whiskey in the air and feel the cold chill of his spirit as the goosebumps crawl up your body. And here's some information about this song from Wikipedia. Midnight in Montgomery is a song written by country music singer Alan Jackson and Don Sampson and recorded by Jackson. It was released in April 1992 as the fourth single from Jackson's second album, Don't Rock the Jukebox. This song was written about Hank Williams, who was from Montgomery, Alabama. It is a mid-tempo, largely acoustic ballad in the key of D minor. The singer, while heading to Mobile for a New Year's Eve show, makes a visit to a Montgomery grave and encounters the ghost of Williams, who thanks him for paying tribute before disappearing. The song also references several Williams hits, including I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. The song ends with the words, Hank's Always 
singing there. And there's a little parentheses area in this article that says, Williams died on New Year's Day, 1953, and is buried in Montgomery. Dropping some more good knowledge on you right there. I honestly didn't know all that about Hank. Cool to learn that. Now, on to the third song I want to feature called Living on Love, a song played live 155 times in concert, first time in 1995 and last played live in 2022. Another big concert tune for Alan, and here is that song. like that one. And in keeping with the theme of the episode, let's move on over to Wikipedia and see what that website has to say about this song. Living on Love is a song written and recorded by Alan Jackson, of course. It was released in August 1994 as the second single from his album, Who I Am. In late 1994, it became his ninth number one hit on the Billboard country charts. It also reached number one on the Bubbling Under Hot 100. The song describes a couple who are living on love. In the first verse, they are two young people without a thing, while throughout the song, they age, still in love with each other. And the older I get, the more that song appeals to me and the woman I love in my life. She's an amazing, amazing person. Couldn't do it without her. All right. Let me give the song that will close out the episode a chance to shine for a brief moment or two. And yes, it's my personal pincushion, a song I use often to highlight how underplayed some of Jimmy's deep cuts are. It's a little song called It's Five O'Clock Somewhere. I know Alan and Jimmy have had some great duets throughout the years, diving into that next week, but this is the big one. The Big Cheese, The Head Honcho, The Big Kahuna, you know what I mean. This song was massively popular, and still is, for both of them. And here's a bit more about it from Wikipedia. It's Five O'Clock Somewhere is a song performed by Alan and Jimmy, of course, and written by Jim, Moose, Brown, and Don Rollins. It was released in June 2003 as the lead single from Jackson's 2003 compilation album, Greatest Hits, Volume 2. Now we'll pause right there for just a second. This song was on Jackson's Greatest Hits, so there's a little bit of my argument that it's not a Buffett song, it shouldn't be played as much. And on top of that, it was on a Greatest Hits 
I'm just trying to prove my point here. Jimmy doesn't need to play it every concert. I digress. Back to the article. It spent eight non-consecutive weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart in the summer of 2003 and ranked number four on the year-end Billboard Hot Country Songs chart. In addition, the song peaked at number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in September 2003 and ranked number 65 on the year-end Billboard Hot 100 chart, making it the biggest pop hit for Jackson and the first top 40 hit for Buffett since the 1970s. On November 5, 2003, it also won the Country Music Association CMA Award for Vocal Event of the Year. This was Buffett's first award in his 30-year career. The song became the number three country song of the decade on Billboard's Hot Country Songs chart. Jim Moose Brown wrote It's Five O'Clock Somewhere with Don Rollins. This is not the same Don Rollins who wrote The Race Is On for George Jones in 1963. In case you were thinking that, most of you probably weren't. I know I wasn't. Although Brown had several other cuts recorded by other artists, this song was the first to make the final cut of an album. The title lyric was inspired by a teacher who worked with Rollins. Brown recorded the demo and offered it to Kenny Chesney, who turned it down. Missed a big one there, Kenny, but I think he's done all right since then. Moving on, it was then offered to Alan Jackson, who said that he was looking for a song that he could record as a duet with Jimmy Buffett. There's some things to take away from that right there. I might be eating my words what I said a minute ago. Now I kind of understand why Buffett plays this every concert. It's a big daggone deal for him. It really is. And for Jackson, too. And I can't believe Kenny Chesney passed on that song. That just boggles my mind. But, you know, like I said before, Kenny's done okay since then. So don't cry any tears for Kenny. His career is just fine without this song. But still, it's amazing he passed on it. And here are the concert plays for this song from both artists. Alan's concert plays 162 times in concert, first time in 2003, and last time played live in 2022. And Jimmy's concert plays, this is a whopper, 578 times and counting in concert, first time in 2003, and last time played live in 2022. And I'm sure once Jimmy gets back on the road again, we'll hear this one again. Both of them have been churning this one out over and over again, concert after concert, year after year since it was released. And it's well deserving of a run like that. I do sometimes wish Jimmy would play a deeper cut instead of it, but that's just the parrot head in me talking. I don't blame him for not doing that. This song really helped to raise him to a level in music, especially country music, that was probably not there for him since the 70s ended. Guess if I was in his shoes? I'd play the hell out of it too, for that reason and that reason alone. Let me drop anchor here and close out the episode. You can hear my voice talking about music on the Audible Ecstasy podcast. And if you want to support me and this podcast, you can buy one of my books or short stories, slap a tip down on the bar of my Ko-Fi page, or become a Patreon patron and receive early access to new episodes. Check the show notes for all that information and... If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you do enjoy what I do here, don't forget to rate and review this podcast once you finish the episode. Take care. Hope you guys have a great 
and Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Now let's go ahead and grab a cold pina colada because it's 5 o'clock somewhere. And you know, I couldn't close it out without hearing a bit of the Pirate King as well. Let's get into that part right now. Navigational beacon. <laughs> Between the movies, I got it. 